Hey, y'all, this is Eric, and you're listening to Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Man, this one's a good one, dude. Um, we get Mr. Trent Crumpler from Chest Thumper Outdoors on, and... Dude, you know, I've been watching his videos for a very long time. He does a lot of broadhead test videos, um, a lot of hunting videos. Dude's very knowledgeable. Uh, This is a pretty decently long episode, and I think you guys are going to learn a lot. We covered pretty much everything, you know, some uh, controversial stuff, some stuff with the, um, a little bit of drama, but you know, nothing crazy. And, you know, man, I just, uh, Trent is an awesome dude. I can't wait to get him back on and see where, you know, this friendship goes. He actually just started um, sponsoring our podcast, which is fantastic. So thank you, Trent. Um, speaking of sponsors, let's dive into that. Chest Thumper Outdoors, man. Go to uh, his website, the ctoutdoors.com. Go buy some uh, product from him. Dude, he's got everything you need. Uh, Darton bows, um, Black Eagle arrows, Easton arrows, a bunch of components. That just literally everything you would need, archery-wise, hunting-wise, he's got it. Um, you know, he's, like I said, he's a very knowledgeable guy. He knows what he's doing and I trust him with everything that he says and everything, everything he sells, he sells it because he backs it. Uh, next up is Osseo gear and dude, I'm telling you, I'm, uh, on the way right now to go pick JD up from his place. And then we're going to head down to the world deer expo. Um, we're going to be meeting up with Joe from Osseo. We're going to be working the, uh, thrill of the outdoors and urban archery outfitters booth. We're going to meet up with Seek One, uh, Mike Perry, just a bunch of awesome people out there. I'm excited, man. I'm recording this on the way to get JD right now. So it's pretty early in the morning on Sunday, but dude, I'm telling you, this is, man, it's going to be such a good time. Um, But yeah, Osseo Gear, man, best camo on the market. Um, I'm sure that you're going to be seeing some media stuff with, you know, us and Joe. And I'm very excited to see where that relationship goes. And I can't wait to use Osseo this year, man. It's going to be my first time using it. I'll be using the um, lightweight stuff for early season, then some heavyweight stuff when it gets a little colder. But uh, yeah, man, it, it's really good stuff. You know, I, I, high quality. I know it can get a little pricey, but believe you me, it is worth it. Uh, next up, Summit Tree Stands. I, I'm telling y'all, Summit is the most comfortable climber you'll ever get into. I uh, have mine completely set up, ready to go, you know, for public land, for a couple of my private spots. And Dude, I, I just, I don't know how many times I have to tell you guys, go get a Summit. Um, for both Osseo and Summit, we have promo codes for you. Osseo's is to save you 10%. Use the promo code SBH10. Uh, that's site-wide. Saves you 10% on any order. And then Summit's code is SEBH15. Saves you 15% off any order site-wide. You know, if you need to, if you're like me and you need to get some new bow hangers or a new uh, bow rope, to pull your bow up when you get in the tree stand. If you need a new tree stand, um, climbing sticks, a bow holder that connects to the tree stand. I mean, there's so many things, dude. Just go on their website, check it out, summitstands.com. Go get some of the highest quality made products on the market. And last but not least, the reason we are able to go to the World Deer Expo, the people that make it possible. Dude, thrill of the outdoors and urban archery outfitters. Go check them out. They have some amazing things happening. Um, You're going to learn about it. If you went to the World Deer Expo and came to see us, you're going to hear all about it. 
Um, if not, we have an episode dropping next week with Stephen Shepard, the CEO of Thrill the Outdoors, talking about everything they have going on, all the awesome things they're doing that are hunting related, things that aren't hunting related. Um, and, you know, we kind of lay out ways that you can go do some dream hunts. I want to do an Alaskan caribou hunt um, with my bow. And we kind of laid out a game plan for that. So there's a lot of things happening, man. Um, but this episode is all about Trent Crumpler from uh, Chest Thumper Outdoors. Dude, please go check out his website. Go check out his videos. Um, he, like I said, he does awesome, awesome broadhead reviews. Uh, he actually changed my mind on the broadhead I want to use this year. And I am going to be using quite a few different ones just to sort of test them out. Um, a few of the ones I'm going to be shooting are obviously the G5 Mega Meat. Um, obviously the QAD Exodus, but I'm also going to try out the Sever 1.75. Um, Trent sent me some mechanical broadheads I'm going to shoot. I haven't gotten them yet, so I don't know what they're going to be, but you know, Hey, I'll try them out. I'm willing to try any, any broadhead, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll try it on any deer. I'll see what happens. And Hey, if I like it, I might switch. Who knows? I may even be shooting some rages this year. So y'all know how I feel about rage, but We'll just see what happens, man. I'm, I'm very excited for what's coming down the pipeline, and there's a lot more. So go give us a like and review um, on Apple or Spotify. Go check out the YouTube channel if you want to watch the actual podcast videos where you know we have all the guests on Zoom. And we just have a good time, man, especially this one. You might want to watch this one. Um, but look, that's enough rambling on. Let's get started with Trent Crumpler from Chest Thumper Outdoors. All right, guys, we got Trent Crumpler from Chest Thumper Outdoors. Drew a blank there for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, he's, you know, he's got a YouTube channel that I've been following for a long time. Um, I know JD has seen a few of his episodes and stuff, and he's been on a couple yep. of podcasts. Yep. Um, you work with Mountain Archery Fest, don't you? Yeah, so one of the many hats I wear is I do all the social media marketing and uh, and photography and videography for mountain archery fest so yeah it's one of the many hats hell yeah dude well you've got a lot of stuff that you uh have on your plate man from broadhead videos to hunting videos to i think i saw some like survival kit stuff um product reviews and there's smoky doing the cameo that he always freaking does <laughs> hey smoky <sighs> every episode man i'm telling you it's like a thing now he is he literally comes downstairs Meows for like five minutes, then walks off. It's ridiculous. This hey. is this is Smokey's podcast. It basically yeah, is. He, he's got to have his time in the spotlight. Yeah, for real, yeah. man. <laughs> well, anyway, enough about the cat. Let's get to you. Um, sure. What, what got you? You know, obviously into hunting and the YouTube side. How'd you get into mountain archery fest? I mean, just all of all of it, man. So I started with the. My story is a little different than I think some people's story. Uh, I was 13, 12 or 13. I was younger, sitting on the couch one morning, Sunday morning, flipping through TV channels, looking for some cartoons. And I happened upon the show. And when I flipped to it, there was just a deer on the screen. And then not 10 seconds later, this deer gets shot, runs off and dies. And I'm like, whoa, what's whoa. going on? Here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like what's going on here? So <laughs> I'm watching. And these guys climb out of this tree and they walk over to this deer and they're all pumped and they're excited and they're talking about it. And I'm like, this looks freaking amazing. It happened to be an episode of the Fitzgeralds. So uh, wow. I, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, this is freaking awesome. I go blowing into my parents' bedroom and I'm like, I want a bow for Christmas. I'm going to start bow hunting. Fortunately, they scraped together some money and got me a cheap uh, Bear Buck Master BTR Walmart special. It's like a $170 bow. And uh, I'm self-taught. So my nobody in my family bow hunted. None of my friends bow hunted. It was just, it looked cool. I wanted to try it and I became obsessed. So I started reading literally everything I could find, watching every video I could find. Any information I could get about bow hunting, I was about it. And it took me three years to kind of figure out how to tune and work on my own stuff, just reading articles. I mean, I shot a 30-inch draw length at 70 pounds from the time I was 13. I'm five foot 10. I don't have a 30-inch draw length now. I have a 28-inch draw length. So you can imagine, I was shooting a prong-style rest with fingers, no sight, like hand-me-down aluminum arrows, a guy that my dad worked with gave him. I mean, I had no idea. Yeah. And, Wait, what did you say your draw length was? 28. Oh, I thought you said 20. Oh. No. no, no. <laughs> yeah, he's I was like, long. good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no, 28. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it, it just kind of grew into an obsession. Three years. It took me three years to buy a press and start working on my stuff. And then any of my friends that would let me touch their bow. And then I was buying old bows at at garage sales for 10 bucks and tearing them apart and putting them together. And it's just kind of grown from there. Um, the, the upset, I mean, I don't, I think for me, hunting is a lot about adventure. So I'm, I'm very bad about, I'll go hunting with some buddies. I'll put them in this tree here and that tree there. And then I'll just keep walking. And before I know it, it's, you know, 45 minutes before shooting light. And I still haven't picked a tree because I was too busy walking over the next hill to figure out what the hell's <laughs> going on. So that that adventure aspect's always kind of driven me. Um, as as I started to get older and get more into it, I was fortunate enough to work in several shops, well, three shops, and uh, it just kind of kept the fire going. So that's my background with kind of archery and bow hunting. I guess I guess technically the Fitzgerald started it all for me, and uh, that's that whole thing is why I started YouTube because after I had started and started working on my own stuff, I'm like, man, I. I have to do this for a living. Like I have to figure out how to bow hunt for a living. Mm -hmm. So I wanted, I wanted a TV show. Yeah. And then after doing some research at 16 years old and finding out that a non primetime spot on the sportsman's channel at the time was $30,000 for six months and a prime time and a prime time uh, outdoor channel slot was a hundred thousand for six months. As a 16 year old kid, I was like, no way. Yeah. So I started mm -hmm. so I started a YouTube channel. It was free. Yep. That's insane. And, oh man, that was that was in the peak prime of outdoor television. And the cost associated with with that stuff at the time was just unbelievable. So what's kind of interesting is now I look back and I used to be so critical of these TV shows that had a new sponsor every year. And I look back and when you're you're paying a hundred grand for six months, like I you kind of have to take the check no matter who writes it. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, absolutely. And think about, think about everything now compared to then what it costs now. Yeah. Yeah. I heard so, uh, someone said to me one time, if you want to be a millionaire in the hunting industry, start off with 2 million. Yep. So it, yep. That yep. seems pretty accurate. <laughs> that is uh so it's kind of an interesting thing. Cause that's, it's, it's changing a little bit. Um, the, 
internet has completely changed the landscape of of every industry and, and the hunting industry is part of that too you know mm-hmm. think five years ago we wouldn't be able to be sitting here doing what we're doing or if we were nobody was listening to podcasts five years ago yep. mm-hmm. yeah you know i i remember having conversations with guys um, that had tv shows and having arguments with them about how in five years your tv show is not going to matter and everything is going to be streaming it's going to be online it's going to be youtube mm-hmm. and i can tell you Nobody knows who that guy is now, but everybody knows right. who the hunting public is. I think you need yep. to name drop. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding, dude. Don't do that. I, I, <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, I, you know, uh, it's, it's funny you say that because I was actually talking to Kurt from working. It wasn't the Fitzgeralds, was it? Yeah. No, no, it was not. <laughs> yeah, Kurt and Those... I were both discussing that whole thing about like podcasts and, you know, working class has been in the game for, shoot, man, they I know they were one of the first ones like yep, they're, yep. They're huge inspirations, you know, to guys like me that want to follow in their footsteps and do what they do. And, you know, we were talking about pretty much everything under the sun when it came down to like their whole beginning and, you know, where they're at now. And it's just crazy. Like you said, you know, five years ago, we couldn't be doing this. We couldn't be on zoom three people talking just as if we're at a deer camp, you know, but now we yep. can't. And I mean, I don't even have outdoor channel. I don't even have cable. I've got my nope. outdoor TV. Like I was watching Bone Collector today on that. So yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. Like you were definitely ahead of the curve, you know, back then. And it's clearly working I, out for you. Well, I wish I would have capitalized on it more, man. I So I started my YouTube channel when I was 16. Um, and I went through phases. You know, you're a 16 year old kid. It's, I just wasn't consistent to be honest. So I was like for, for a year, you know, I was big into it. I built like a whole staff. I mean, I'm a 16 year old kid with 25 guys underneath me mm-hmm. creating content and stuff. Oh, and that, wow. that was a train wreck. Uh, I mean, nobody's going to respect a 16 year old kid that doesn't know his, his ass from a hole in the ground. Yep. And <laughs> they were, they were right. I mean, they were totally right. I had no place doing that. So that kind of burnt me out on staff though, because I did have a situation where, where a guy had tried to steal everything I had built. So I just, I immediately like messaged everybody. It's like, we were done. I'm done. You're out. Like, screw this. Then about three years later at 19, I came back into it. I started getting a little more serious. It was me and a buddy. And uh, I kind of fell off again when I met a girl. And yeah, I mean, I was, you know, 19 year old kid. I was partying and, and I met a girl and, you know, thought she was the one. So that was the only thing that mattered to me at the time. And turns out, by the way, she was not. So <laughs> after, after that whole circumstance, two and a half years of that, I kind of rolled back around and started taking it more serious, but it was always just going to be a side thing. And then three years ago, um, I finally just decided like, man, I, I have to take a shot at this. Like I have to take a shot. So three years ago, I started taking it really serious, trying to like really trying to build a business, build a brand. And now I'm at the point, it's what I do full time. Yeah. When you told me you work with uh, Mountain Archery Fest, that kind of piqued my interest because like me and JD both, you know, we'll go shoot 3D courses and stuff and um, like ASA tournaments and all of that. And I wanted to go to Mountain Archery Fest down here in Georgia um, this past year. But I think I forget what happened, JD. What was it? We just didn't sign up in time or do you remember what the reason? No, was? it was no? it was uh, you talking about the one that was over in uh, Rome. No, that was yep. TAC. Oh, no, nope. Mount, Mountain Archery Fest was yeah. Rome. Kings, oh, Kings yeah, it was Rome. 
Kingston. Yeah, it was yeah. uh it was a timing it was a timing issue with us. Okay. Was that when we did the um qualifier shoot? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Yep. It was either yeah. qualifier or you know math. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll be there next year though, for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, good. Good. Well, so it's it's kind of interesting because we've talked about this a ton. Like it is impossible to schedule around shoots because there are so many shoots yep. all over the place. And it's not uncommon for guys to drive four, five, six, seven hours to go to shoot anymore. Like right. those days are gone. So we just have to schedule what we can schedule and hope people can make it out. Um, yep. The cool thing is for Mountain Archery Fest, since you guys are content creators, we actually have a, a thing that I introduced because I'm also a content guy where if you buy any day pass, you can come out Thursday before it starts. You get a course all to yourself. Like content creators get a course where they can go out. They can content. It costs you 10 bucks. So essentially you, you, you get a whole other day of shooting just so you can come out and make content. We are so going to be there next year. <laughs> There's no doubt. All right. So is it, is it the, uh, to be a content creator and get that class to be able to do that the day extra, is it the $10 on top of the regular or is it just $10? It's $10 on top of the regular. So say you book okay. a Friday, say you book Friday and you want to come out and shoot, but you want to make content. Well, if you pay $10 extra, you can come out Thursday. We have camping on grounds so you can camp, stay the night cheap. You can make all your content Thursday and then you can get up Friday and just enjoy yourself and shoot. Hell yeah, man. No, so, is there, when you log into map, is there a certain spot to where you can actually register for the content creator day or how does that work? Yeah, so on the website, there will be, uh, I want to say, I haven't looked in a while, somewhere in your menu, I think mm -hmm. it's under events. It's either under events or it's under uh, registration, but you'll see like four content creators. Mm -hmm. And basically what it is, is, is you'll go in, you'll pay for your day, and then you'll go back in and fill out that paperwork, and then you'll pay the extra 10 bucks and you're good to go. So when you show okay. up, we'll have a badge for you. Uh, basically, like I said, that was kind of my push because I'm a content guy and yeah. it's, it's from, it's a dual perspective, right? Because there's some guys that go out and pay and we've had a lot of complaints about guys that are going to tack and they're like, it's just an Instagram show. Like everybody's got their camera out there and it's just yeah. a big, yeah. yeah so for, for those guys that don't want to deal with that, well, now we have a content creator day where the content guys can come out and just rock it by themselves. Yeah. Also it's um it's definitely a networking event so yep. you figure you get a group you get seven eight groups out there of content creators now you're meeting guys where you can collaborate you guys can meet podcast guests and i'll tell you with you guys having a podcast uh, it's a great event for you anyways because i know for sure that a ton of the people that come and bring booths would absolutely love to be on a podcast so you guys could walk around the vendor village and just i mean just get guest after guest after guest no problem yeah. Yeah, that's how many years plan, are, um how many years have you been doing a the uh, content creator side of it that is so for math or in general for math so my this is my first year with math ever um i'm actually friends with one of the board members for math and he's the content guy generally he's got a new baby and a new job mm -hmm. so he got a hold of me and asked if i'd be willing to go out to georgia and just do some content stuff for him and i was like yeah sure you know they flew me out uh, took care of me while I was there. I did some content stuff. They liked me enough. They asked me if I'd come to Pennsylvania, our next event. And then at Pennsylvania, we sat down and had a discussion. They brought me on full time. 
So I go to every single math event across the country. So if anybody's ever around and wants to talk to me, by all means, I'm running around, probably have a camera in my hand. I'm more than happy to talk to anybody. I love it. Um, And it's been amazing. You know, the, the mountain archery fest crew is like their family. I mean, they, and from, from the first day of Georgia, they treated me like I was one of them from the word go, you know, it's been around for five years now. Yeah. Yeah. They seem like some good dudes, man. Like my, see, I like tack. I've never gone, but I like the idea of it. Um, the thing that gets me the most about math though, is that y'all do, I mean, you've got like the regular course and I've listened to, um, Brandon talk about it and, you know, he, he talks about like having the, uh, world record course, which is what I'm very interested in. Cause you know, I'm big on like, you know, what's the current world record, what's the past record and all that other stuff. So they didn't actually shoot the same setup that person had, unless it was like in a tree stand, but even then it's the same distance. And mm-hmm. you're shooting at a foam version of that animal. I mean, there's nothing else like that out there. So to me, that that's mm-hmm. a huge draw. It's just, I mean, even aside from like the content creator stuff, that's just cool. I mean, yeah, I really am interested in doing that. That's our number one most popular course by a large margin. And, and it's exactly like you said, you can go nowhere else. Like nowhere else does that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two guys that are artists that do antler recreations in the country. This is the guy that does it for Cabela's and Bass Pro and big stuff. And when he made those antlers for us, he willingly signed a document that said he won't do that for anybody else. Wow. So we, nice. Nice. we kind of, yeah, we kind of have that on lock, but it, and it's really cool, man. It's, it's the Pope and Young Archer world records. Um, like you said, they are set up at the distances and as much in the same scenario mm-hmm. as we possibly can for what that animal right. was shot. Right. So for example, the world record moose was shot at 17 yards. So you would think a big target like a moose, you know, that's a 60, 70 yard shot. Well, it's just not, not on that course because it was shot at 17 yards on the flip side. The world record polar bear was like 48. So we have a polar bear that's 48 yards. You know, the bison was, I think 52 or something along those lines. So that bison's 52 yards. Um, We got, you know, the Rocky mountain elk, I want to say is like 36. So, I mean, it's just, it's a really cool, really cool course. And then at every target, there's a little blurb about where the animal was shot. You know, the person that okay. shot it. Okay. Um, so there's a little bit of information you can glean from every single target you shoot on that course as well. Yeah. It's like a world record museum you get to shoot at. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> For the most part. So my, yeah, so... You know, my real question though, is when are you going to have a Rompola buck 3d um, target? When it's uh, officially a world record. i was hoping you'd say that um but that would be pretty cool man just to have it so going going back to that same uh question i asked you about the math thing with with their content creator um Mm -hmm. what i was actually kind of meaning by that uh, i'm glad you answered how long you've been with them um but how long has math been doing the content creator side of it for that one day you know early that's that's this year too. That was implemented. Okay. I want to say after okay. Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, basically, okay. they brought me on full time. I was like, I have ideas. This is what we need to do. Right. And Brandon was cool enough to be like, Yeah, bro. Uh, and just implement stuff. Like, I trust you. I think you have good creative vision. You have an idea of what we want to do here. So, you know, implement stuff and make it work. Okay. Is it just Georgia and Pennsylvania, or where else do y'all got them? Georgia, Pennsylvania, Colorado. There's two in Utah, uh, Montana, and Wyoming. 
Okay. Well, I, I live under a rock, so sorry. Sure. I didn't no, know. no, you're good, man. You're good. That's, I don't mind answering any of those questions. Uh, yeah, so for, for like you guys in Georgia, here's something that's kind of cool. There was a uh, guy at the Georgia event. He won at every event. We give away an elite bow. Technically, we give away an elite bow and a, technically a second bow, but it's a thousand dollar gift card for an archery shop. So this this guy comes to this event. Okay. He wins the elite bow at Georgia. Then he comes out to Colorado for our Colorado event because he's never been out. He thinks it'd be cool. And he wins on its elite for life at the at the uh, Colorado event. Wow. 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 Where uh, where do you call home? Illinois. My okay. man. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. That's where I'm from. So I'm kind of biased here, but you know. Well, you did the right thing and left. I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was up there last year, man. And I'm, I'm looking around like, dude. Y'all are both Yankees. Hey, it's damn Yankees, sir. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, begrudgingly so. We'll just go that route. Yeah. I mean, but y'all have pretty good deer up there. Like, you know, the Brewster buck was killed there. I know. WC pretty good. There's a lot of good. Okay. okay. The, okay. the Brewster buck was killed. If I remember right, the Brewster buck was Fulton County. Oh, anyways, man. if I, I remember know. right, it was like, it's like an hour and 30 minutes from where I live. Um, six miles from my house, there was a 212 inch killed. What? Yeah, last year. Okay. So here's what we need to do. We need to do a Southeastern bow hunter and chest thumper collaboration. We'll come to you. Swing, Swing through. <laughs> Bring it on. Let's get it. Bring it on. Dude, Bring how it much on, property do you got? Me? I public. I hunt public, bro. Thank okay. you. Okay, perfect. Good. So. Yay. We, <laughs> we, uh, we did an episode last night with a buddy of ours. And before that, I just want your opinion on this. Um. Mm -hmm. Before that, we had gotten our first Instagram hater comment, which was interesting. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I'm waiting yeah. for the trophy in the mail. Um, it, <laughs> this dude, so, you know, I'm, I'm like you. I'll be very honest about where I'm hunting at and what I do and all this other stuff. And in a few episodes, I name dropped the WMA that I hunt, which is 10 minutes yeah. from my house. That's all I've ever done. I don't say you this. You just did it again. Spot. Huh? You just did it again. I didn't say the name, did I? 10 minutes from your house. Whatever. There's two of them near me, so good luck. My point is, <laughs> um, in previous episodes, you know, people that have hunted it that I'm that live close to me, we've talked about it. And I've told this story about a big deer that I saw in this public land spot. And I name drop it. I don't say where. I mean, it's six thousand acres, you know, good luck finding it. But I didn't kill it. I mean, he ran off. That deer is still alive somewhere. And this guy went on Instagram and commented something saying, I'm, I'm the reason that public land sucks now because I'm name dropping places and that, you know, he, he basically felt that because I'm name dropping certain areas, like that anybody has every right, just like the three of us do to go and hunt it. Sure. I'm the reason why. And I don't want to harp on it too much because it, it's just a comment. I don't even know this guy. But sure. it got me thinking, like, what the outside opinion is. So how do you feel about people name dropping certain WMAs or, or public land that there's big deer on? I mean, so it's very interesting. So like in my videos, if you watch any of the places where I'm public hunting and everything is public hunting, I specifically don't put my vehicle in it. I don't I try not to blow up the parking lot where I'm at. Like I try to keep it as 
is questionable as possible uh, for a couple of reasons. One, there was a time where people would recognize my vehicle and I had three trucks that anytime I parked somewhere, when I came out, those same three trucks were in the parking lot. And that was for like almost six weekends straight. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I am not a big buck killer, right? Like I'm not a Dan Infault. Like I'm the kind of guy that'll go in the woods and shoot a doe and have the biggest shit eating grin on my face dragging it out. Amen. So, Amen. So, so I don't know Shut why up, people Eric. are following Amen. me. I don't know why people are following me around anyways, but these guys are following me around. Brown is down. Me. That's right. <laughs> so so that kind of made me a little bit more cautious about putting my vehicle out there. Now my my Tahoe has a big sticker in the back that says Chestnut Broad Door. So that's kind of, that's gone. But the other reason is, is I work really hard to find good spots on public land. And I totally understand the guy being a little upset about me blowing up a spot because I film and maybe they recognize that trail or that tree or that whatever. On the flip side of that, I'm also the type of person that if you come at me reckless, I'm going to start dropping pins on that public land to oh, yeah. all of my favorite spots and hope they're your favorite spots also. Like the, if, if somebody got on my content and was rude to me because they feel like I'm ruining public land, my response would probably be like, well, just stop sucking and work harder. Yeah. And that's kind of how I looked at it. I was like, look, man, you know, it's public land. Get over exactly. it. Exactly. And, and I was just basically telling them like, I'm not saying GPS coordinates, I'm not saying what, you know, exact spot. All I said was this public land spot that's thousands of acres. People know it's good. And you know how many times I've hunted it? I've never seen another person. Not one truck, not another guy. The only other person I ever saw there was a squirrel hunter. So I don't know what part he's hunting. And it may not even be the one that, that I'm talking about. But it's like, clearly nothing's happening. Because I'm not seeing anybody. So well, you didn't go to the right WMA because the last WMA that I went to was the best, I don't know, way of describing a, a WMA. It was I was on the ground hunting and I was three miles back and I had a jogger run over my legs. Yes. That, that's WMA hunting. You're also near Atlanta. <laughs> I'm in the sticks. Literally, yeah. our population is like maybe 10,000 people. Like there's not yeah, a lot of right. people out here. Yeah. So I don't know. I just wanted your opinion because like, you know, I don't think, cause he said he was like, you know, it's people like, like you on podcasts and people that are, you know, posting pictures in front of the sign. And what else did he say? He said something about a magazine. I'm like, look, even if I didn't do the podcast, that magazine's still going to do it. So. It, All right. Well, that- I, I'm you know, not going to name drop anything because I know what commenter or what person you're talking about. <laughs> and I already told you that I do actually know him. Um, he's, he's saying that as a general thing, I believe just because of the fact that I know the WMA that he actually hunts. It's not your WMA. It's the one that I used to hunt, but Uh, yeah. Um, but because I was actually, I've seen him out there before and yeah. Got it. All right. Well, I take back everything I said. I don't, don't. it's so public. (laughs) Get over it. Well, I thought he was on mine, but it makes no, he's on, he's on mine, man. My response to that is if you're having problems, if you're hunting public land and you're seeing a ton of people drive further, go to a public land that doesn't have a ton of people. I live in Illinois. Chicago's got like, I think 4 million people at this point or some crap. There are public pieces up by Chicago that are unbelievably overrun with hunters because it's close to a really metropolitan area. Mm -hmm. If you come down to the public land that I hunt, 
the public land that I hunt most is 16,000 acres. I hunt, generally speaking, 60 days a year. And I think twice I had somebody walk in on me last year. When we get off of here, because uh-huh. um, I'm pretty familiar with the state, I'm curious to know, like, what area you're talking about. Jim Edgar Panther Creek. Where? Jim Edgar Panther Creek. I think I know where that's at. It's it's over in Cass County. Um, if you're familiar, it's like an hour away from Springfield, 40. It's probably 20 minutes down the road from Petersburg. Like I said, dude, I'm not scared to talk about where I hunt. Yeah. Like I'll drop pens. I, I started filming. I did a, uh, one of the archery shops I worked for. I did a workshop on how to just kill deer on public land, not giants, just kill deer. And I had satellite images of some of the places that I have actually killed deer on Jim Edgar showing these people where I'm setting up my stand and stuff like that. A hundred percent knowing and expecting that these people are going to go do it. Yeah. For every one spot I give away, I've got seven that I've never told anybody about. There you go. Yep. That's the way to do it. And that's one thing I was talking about last night is like, you know, yeah, I have a couple main spots I'll go to, but those aren't, aren't the only ones I've walked that entire. And the thing is too, the only, I only hunt a quarter of this whole thing. Like I haven't even gone to the other parts yet. So I don't know, man, I could sit here and complain about it all the time. I'm just glad, you know, people are listening and the the public land thing is something that will always be a debate there. It's never going to end. So. Well, it's always going to be divisive. And especially now, uh, one thing hunting public did is make it cool to hunt public land again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then also it's getting harder and harder to access private ground. So, I mean, I want people out hunting public land because I want hunters. Yeah. I want us to have big numbers yep. because we're going to yep. need big numbers or everything we love is going to go away. Yep. That's why I will a hundred. That's why I'll hundred percent give that, give that speech or that lecture or seminar or whatever you want to call it and show people where I hunt. I will give you my phone number and say, Hey, text me this deer season. I will take you out and show you where to hunt. I don't, I don't I'll care. Take that. Deal. You guys come <laughs> up and see me. We'll go. We'll go. Going to Illinois this year, boys. <laughs> All right. I, I just, to me, getting people in the outdoors is way more important than anything else because I fully recognize the backside, the back end of not. And it'll all, it can all go away. I mean, people look at how, not to get political, but look at how much things have changed just in the last 10 years with things that are acceptable to say in public, oh, yeah. um, the vernaculars that we use. I mean, then we, we won't even all get right, into Biden, mention of the- Biden, slow down, slow down. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, this is a hunting podcast. This isn't Daily Wire, JD. But, oh, but just, just everything's changed so much, man. So like, I want to make sure we're preserving- yeah. what we love and then that means getting more people in the outdoors and showing people that you know we're not all we're not all just redneck jackasses getting shit faced and shooting stuff in the woods yep As well, a matter of fact that's okay jd might but you, you and i <laughs> no that's i mean i completely agree man like when when me and um waddell were talking about this he said something similar that he supports everything hunting even if it's something he doesn't do and yep. It's a big thing. Like I've had conversations with people that absolutely hate hunting. My mother-in-law, my wife's dad's wife is a vegan. And every time I see her, she's like, have you killed any deer? And I'm like, yeah, I have. You want to see them? And she goes, ah, I can't believe you. And I'm like, don't start. Like we've had this conversation, but you can't change people's minds sometimes, you know? So I just feel like, you know, we need to get more hunters out. I completely agree with you. And that was why 
you know, just to, I guess, wrap the whole public land thing up. I just, that was my biggest thing with it is it's public land. Anyone can go on it. Anyone can use it. If you want to hunt, go for it. You want to take your dog for a walk? By all means, go ahead. Don't let him off the leash. Mm -hmm. If he looks like a coyote, he might get shot. But you need to know that Mm -hmm. when you go out there. So it's just, I don't know, man. It's Like I said, we could probably sit here for five hours just talking about every little detail with it. But A hundred percent. Well, you know, so to step into the hunter recruitment talk, that's why I'm so like you get people that just hate on content creators for hunting. Like, and I've heard a lot of you're ruining hunting because you're making content and you're driving more people in the woods. And you, my response to that is no, more people need to make content mm-hmm. because, I, and I mean, this is a kind of a similar conversation I've had to people that say, well, I want to start a YouTube channel, but nobody will watch. I'm going to tell you right now, somebody will watch. The reason, the yep. reason every, the reason I'm so pro content creator, and if you're a content creator and you want to reach out to me, I will talk your ear off about how to grow your channel because that's my other obsession. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with okay, three I'll things. Call you. Art. Okay. Yeah. Do it. Say, we're both gonna call you, man. <laughs> that's fine. The podcast I'm is doing good. YouTube, not so much. <laughs> yeah, we need your number. Archery. <laughs> Deal. I'm obsessed with archery. I'm obsessed with bow hunting, and I'm obsessed with content creation. Those are my three things, man. Like I study them. So. I'm always willing to give people pointers and just talk everything because there's enough pie for everybody. And you may be the one guy that gets that one person out in the woods. And that's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, and so the other good thing is you do this for a living. So it's, I won't feel like I'm bothering you. <laughs> yeah, not at all. No, I I'm never bothered by that. Uh, I'm never, you know, that's the other thing too, man. Like, and I'm not huge by any stretch, but I, I get a fair amount of people reaching out to me. And I always, I get these people that are like, well, I'll quit bothering you now. Like, dude, you're not bothering me. You're letting me talk about stuff I love. That That's never a bother. I don't care. I mean, I've been up till two, three o'clock in the morning texting people before about arrow builds. Yeah. Cause I mean, they you know, know, like, I were up not... midnight last week talking about a bear hunt. So yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. It's hundred percent true. And you yeah, like go I, back and forth, man, on the arrow build stuff because your your broadhead videos have helped me re- so much. Because I'm, I'm interested in, and I'm like, oh, that's such a cool broadhead. What does he have to say about it? And you're like, either use it or this is total trash. Don't even get it. And I'm like, All there's right. there's another thing I, I thought I saw on some piece of social media. It may be you. It may not be. I, I'm sorry, but because you look just like the guy in the picture. It may. I don't know if it's you or not. <laughs> Aren't you part with Sling as well? With who? Sling, the bow sling. Um, Jack here? Yeah. So, so here's the story behind that. One of my very good friends is very good friends with the guy that owns Jack Gear. I do not like bow slings at all. He was mailing me some things like some broadheads or whatever and mailed me a bow sling and he's like look dude just try it out and do a review it's a small business okay. i'm totally about supporting small businesses so i tried it out and did a review of all the bow slings that i have ever tried and there are some i haven't i liked it the best okay so i did a review and was like hey man you know if you're gonna rock a bow sling like this might be the choice you don't have to take it off your bow to shoot it stays out of your way while you shoot like it's a solid option. Jack yeah, all Deer, the ones that I've tried are the, the ones you have to take off. You know, they just they cover the cam and all, the neoprene ones. You know, I've tried yep. those. I, I I like them for, for what they do, but the process of what you have to do just to be able to get it out, I don't like any of that. 
Correct. And that's my problem too, right? Like now I have one more thing yeah. to fight with if I'm walking in and a deer crosses my path. Yeah. I don't like that. But I did like the Jack Gear sling because you don't have to. So I did a review and then Jack Gear took that review and turned it into a Facebook ad. Mm. Okay. 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 Well, they, they didn't get my permission to do that. So it like it ran for uh, a little bit and then they messaged me and like, uh, so... He did this thing. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah Obviously. It's cool. Yeah. I'm like, I've seen it. It's cool. I don't care. And I don't care because they're, again, it's a small business. Like, I want them to grow. I want them to succeed. You know, right, wrong, or otherwise, if it had been somebody like Faradine, I'd have been like, where's my check? Oh, 100%. Right. You're a multi-million dollar business. Yeah. Like, you don't just yeah. get to use my likeness. But that's a small business. I'm totally cool with them using it. Right. While I'm saying this, I want to make this publicly known that does not give anybody that's a small business permission to use my likeness or my content without oh, my permission. Fine. And I hate having <laughs> I hate having to do that. But the last thing I want is to show up in some like I don't fucking alcohol ad or some bullshit. And it's just like you never know. It's yeah. the internet. You just so never you, know. So can we so can we post this video? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Can I, can I send okay. your likeness to Bud Light? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm you think they cut me. Like, I'm not a Matthews fan, but if they paid me 100 grand a year, I could be. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> what, really do you, what, what do you that. like? Yeah. I don't. So I don't, I'm not, when it comes to bows, like, I don't have a brand preference. I've owned okay. pretty much every brand. Like, this year and last year, I shot Darton. Mm -hmm. A lot of that's because I sell Darton. Um, I'll be honest with you. Next year, if not by the end of this year, I'll probably own a gearhead. I sell gearhead also, and Skip is gearheads one are of, awesome, dude. And the guy that owns gearhead is named Skip. He is one of the most amazing human beings. I can say nothing but good things about that man. He works his ass off. Short story, just a short story, and then I'll quit praising him. <laughs> when I worked in the shop, we had a kid come in. Um, he had bought his uncle's bow. It wasn't adjustable draw length. It was one of the cheaper bows, and this kid. Like, it was way too much poundage. I called up, like, they had talked to Skip. Skip had, and I had talked, and I called him up one night to let him know that, hey, I need these parts because they're bringing me this bow down. Or rather, I texted him. It was like 10, 10 and 30 at night. He calls me back two minutes after I get that text, and we talk on the phone for another hour and a half. We were up till midnight, and this guy owns a bow company. And I was like, dude, what are you doing awake? He's like, oh, I was out yeah. working on stuff anyways. Huh. As a dealer, when I'm getting that level of service, I can't right. say anything but good things about that company. Yeah. And then to now, take that when farther it, Go ahead. When is uh, Gearhead going to start moving towards the hunting side versus just their target bows? So Gearhead has – Gearhead is probably primarily target. So so you right. may be familiar with like their B – or sorry, primarily hunting. You may be familiar with like their B36. Yeah. Um, but really, their bread and butter is like their B20, B24, and B30. And now they have a new bow out called the P30. It stands for pivot. And it's got a really cool limb system that increases the efficiency of the bow and reduces overall wear. Also, smooths okay. out your draw, draw cycle. Sound. I'll, I'll so have actually, to check those out. So they're actually really more... Their bread and butter is the short axle to axle bows, man. Like, the yeah. B24 is a badass little bow. I can't shoot it because of a string angle. Um, I have a very good friend that films for Whitetail 365. He shoots it, and he's a stud with it. Hmm. So I've never even heard of him. 
I'm gonna have to look him up. I I, I watched <laughs> I watched a guy. I'm not sure. It may be your friend. I don't know, but I watched a guy uh, compete at uh, Vegas with it, Lancaster Classic with a gearhead. Yep. Nope. That's it not was, my buddy. It was he's, awesome. He's not a competition dude. He's just a diehard hunter. But yeah, okay. man. I mean, gearhead. Gearhead is one of those small companies that doesn't have five million dollars to drop into advertising, you know. But they make a great product. The cool, th- I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff about them. But the cool thing that riser system opinion, is awesome. Yeah. Oh well. So and that's the thing about Gearhead too, man. You either hate them or love them. People yep. either say they're the ugliest bow they've ever seen or the coolest bow they've ever seen, and it seems like there's nothing in between. Is Gearhead the one that's like the hole in the middle of it? Well, so a couple of different companies do. Oh, okay. Gearhead almost looks like uh. Like you remember connects growing up the little plastic bars that all clip together oh. that's kind of or an erector set yeah like the yeah. gearhead gearhead's nickname is the erector set bow because huh. it kind of yep. looks that way yep but uh a lot of people don't know with gearhead you can take eight bolts and you can take a right-handed bow and make it left-handed so it's ambidextrous you just take eight bolts off and switch the handle around wow yep so that's i mean cool. there's stuff it. like that yeah yeah there's stuff like that um again skip is just freaking salt of the earth man like nothing and it's a family business his wife and stuff do it with him no he's looking at it he's like what the hell it's cool <laughs> oh those bows i didn't know those yeah okay yep gearhead gotcha gotcha those things are badass man i think they're awesome and they shoot great i have a i have a youtube short that did pretty well for me it's the gearhead b30 28 inches at 77 pounds it's a 520 grain arrow going at 298 wow scream screamer dude wow screamer now did you shoot a fixed blade on that i actually that wasn't even a hunting bow that wasn't even a hunting bow dude it was just a bow i had in my shop and i was like i wonder what this thing can do yeah because i know you're big on like fixed blades from the videos i've watched so i have to ask you this favorite broadhead I don't have one. Come on. I dude, I hate to disappoint you, but that's <laughs> top, so, all right. So, top three. Top I'll three. tell you what. I'll tell you what. If you would have asked me that question, you know, five years ago, I could have spit out an answer at you that quick, no problem. The trouble with me answering that question now is I've tested so many broadheads and realized that the the only thing that's a bad broadhead is an Allen. I knew there's you were gonna say that. <laughs> there's really not. There's really not bad broadheads. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some that aren't as good as others. Uh, for example, uh, Muzzy One. Like I would never, under any circumstances, shoot that broadhead. It is the dullest broadhead I've ever tested out of the package, with the exception of the uh, um, cold steel mm. plastic broadheads. Yeah. But I mean, that thing, a Muzzy One brand new out of the package was like a 490 on my sharpness meter or something, which is obscene because I, I shoot for a 150. Like I want to see 150 yeah. or lower and it was mm-hmm. 490. And then after testing it, it was like a 750 or something like that. So it's edge retention's not very good either. Can you not just sharpen them out of the box? I mean, I know you like, why would you buy a broadhead? You have to sharpen out of the box, but could you do that? So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. The problem I have with designs like the Muzzy One, the G5 Montec, which I get a lot of shit for that because I, I don't like the Montec. The <laughs> Annihilator, I'm not an Annihilator fan either. And it's not that there's anything wrong with them necessarily. My issue is the, the blade angle yeah. is too shallow to truly get sharp. Those are all made to lay flat on a stone and be able to run them 
and sharpen them. Mm-hmm. They do that by having a 30 degree blade bevel angle. Mm-hmm. That 30 degree angle will never get sharp compared to something that's got a 25 degree angle. Hmm. That's why yeah. I don't like them. Well, you just broke JD's heart because he loves Montex and Annihilators. So rock them, <laughs> dude. I'll never tell you you're wrong if they work for you and you rock them and you like sure. them. Rock them. Like I'm never, I'm ne- but I don't like them for those reasons. I will yeah. say there's a company called Innovative Outdoorsman. They have a sharpener called the 413 or the 314. I can't remember. It takes those bevel angles and it makes the, the bevel concave. So it allows you to get a much, much sharper broadhead because instead of having a standard blade angle, it concaves it. And you can get those type of broadheads really sharp. When you do that, that takes a broadhead like the Montec or the Annihilator and makes it infinitely better because now you have that strong pyramid style broadhead mm-hmm. really sharp. So if you're willing to take the time to get that sharpener and sharpen it up, you have a much better broadhead. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just switching to field points. I'm tired <laughs> of the broadhead argument. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very partial uh, to uh, like sever i love sever okay. g5 yep. mega meat love them q80 exodus i know you don't like them i know <laughs> i saw the video yeah i saw exodus it this is great exodus is that meets a good broadhead if if i ever go um away from mechanicals which i don't see that happening unless i go for bigger game you know because we just have white tails and stuff down here and even when yeah. i go out west i was telling you about that mule deer hunt i'll probably take a sever with me but sure. um yeah, man, that Exodus, I, I put it up there with like Iron Will. And I know that's kind of a maybe a controversial nothing. thing, but I mean, I have seen nothing but good things from that broadhead. broadhead okay, dead meat versus mega meat. Dead meat. Why? Let me guess. It's the blade length. Uh, the, it's just the blade durability overall. A mega meat's blades, just the way they're designed, are not durable. They shear way too easy, they break off too easy. Yeah, um, whereas I killed the, where, this guy last year, I had to replace him right afterwards, which I have no yeah. problem with, but I get I get your point. I, I so now, are you meat. talking about the the OG dead meat or the new V two dead meat they have? I've not I've not messed with the V two. I've only messed with the OG. Okay, gotcha. So, um, but the OG they just because it was a smaller cutting diameter, they can have more solid blades and still maintain that hundred grain weight. Yeah. So I shot a I shot a deer in the shoulder with a dead meat. I didn't kill her. She didn't die. It just bent the blade. I replaced the blades. All was all was kosher. Hmm. Like Top I got three like, uh, expandables. Bro, <laughs> what'd you just say? Top three uh, expandable. Oh man, you're gonna get this guy in trouble. You're gonna get us in trouble. <laughs> How about that? Oh, right? No, no, no. First off, I can't be in trouble with anybody because nobody pays me. So second okay. off, if they're paying me, they need to figure out that I'm still going to speak the honest opinion, whether they like it or not. As you should. Um, yep. I can I can tell you the three sharpest broadheads I've ever tested are mechanicals. I believe that. The sharpest broadhead I've ever tested is a company nobody's ever heard of. It's called True Blue Broadheads. Um, they have something called the Crossbreed. Yep, I know what you're cool, talking about. I know yeah, so it's a cool system that. because you can you can take a mechanical, two-inch mechanical, and screw another broadhead into the top of it, and you can make yourself a 200-grain, like, nasty broadhead if you're shooting heavy up front. Or you can shoot it as a 125 standard expandable. But they are the sharpest out of the box I've ever tested. The next sharpest after them is Severs. It's kind of a tie because 
there's like three other mechanicals I've tested that are all 125, but yeah. severs are a 120. The 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 crossbreeds were a hundred. The severs were a 125. Um, I tested Rage tried right the Rage Tripan NC. Was it the Tripan? It was maybe it was the hypodermic. It was one of those. Is a 125, and then the Slick Trick Torch, which I've not released that video yet. So Ooh. spoiler alert, it's a 125 also. I'm excited about to see that video because when that broadhead came out, I think it was like last year. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like the the broadhead or the expandables that fold over. I, I don't yep. don't really like those. Um, right. I know Grim Reaper yeah. makes some good ones, and JD loves Schwacker, so he he's on the other side of the fence. But um, yeah, when they came out, I'll hop over there there and whoop your ass. Hey, you gotta drive two hours, so bring it. (laughs) But yeah, no, I just um, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm very picky, and that's why I like your videos so much because you you you're just honest about the broadhead, and like we just said, I like the mega meat. You weren't a fan of it, perfectly fine. And yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and and it kills deer. I mean, pickles right there killed them. So. You know, it is what it is. And like, I agree with you, Alan is complete trash and I'm not trying to bash any company, but I've shot them and they're terrible. And I, it's not bashing if it's true. Uh, yeah, true. That's very true. <laughs> That's, I get guys are all the time like, man, I'm not going to bash this company. Well, are you bashing or is it just something that is a fact? The reason Allen's are bad is because there's no structural integrity and they're never, they never spin true. That's why yeah. Allen's are bad. I've bought, I've bought more packs of Allens than probably anybody you'll ever meet because I would love to find broadheads that are 13 bucks a three pack that I can tell people that don't have much money to go spend money on and be confident that it's not going to just maim the deer. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't exist. Like the closest you're going to get to that is every now and again, you'll find some muzzy drill cars on Amazon for like 20 bucks. Yeah. When you mentioned those are great about, broadheads. Um, Mossy Oak rebranding the slick trick. What is it? Grizz trick. I think Grizz trick. Yeah. Too. It's the Grizz trick. They call it yeah. the Mossy Oak afflictor. See, I've looked in Walmart out here, and I I don't see it. Never. It's always see, Rage, we, Schwacker, Muzzy, yep, yep. I think Montex. That's all I've ever seen over there. So if you're going to go to a Walmart and you like, that's all you have for a sporting goods store, most of Walmart sell Muzzy Tro cars, even if they're the full $40 a three-pack, totally worth it. Great broadhead for the money. Now, yeah, um, speaking of that, in my Walmart, the Tro cars, the only one I can find are the crossbow ones. Oh, the it's, the it's well, no, it's the, it's the trocar, but it says for crossbow. So, is it because of the, the ferrule width is wider, or will it still work for me? It'll absolutely still work for you. Yeah. So, the only okay, difference between the only difference between most fixed blade broadheads that say crossbow and not is the ferrule diameter, and <laughs> as as long as the ferrule diameter is the same diameter or larger than your arrow, you're solid. You don't want smaller okay. because then you'll have penetration right. issues. Yep. Right. But if right. you if you look at a trocar crossbow and a standard trocar, they're the same damn broadhead. The only difference between them is it says crossbow. Yeah, and I mean my, okay. my mega meets okay. I have upstairs both. You know what I ordered <laughs> the replacement blades. It came with the compound bow um, collar, and it came with the crossbow collar. So yep, it's the same. The only difference. I've been wanting to I've been wanting to try those trocars forever, but I just haven't because it says crossbow, and I was too worried about it. No, so. Before okay. you go to your Walmart and buy them, check out on Amazon because the crossbow ones are usually the ones you can find around 20 bucks on Amazon. Okay. I probably okay. bought, I bet you I bought 10 to 12 packs of those last year and gave them away to guys who were like, I just can't afford good broadheads. Hey, 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 hey
<laughs> I can't. Oh my like, just so you know, you guys are getting a friend that probably has too many broadheads anyways. So if I can send you stuff to shoot stuff with, I'm not opposed to yes. doing that. Okay. Hey. Okay. <laughs> we are not opposed good. to trying them out. Yeah. Because, yeah. well, so it's like I test so many damn broadheads every year. I can't shoot enough animals. Mm -hmm. So if I can send them yeah. people who will shoot them, that'll take pictures and stuff for me so that I can do write ups and add yep. that to the testing. I, yeah, like I'm happy. Okay. I, so. I, I'm really, I'm releasing all of my public review rights. I will just send you <laughs> dead animal pictures. Works for me, man. All right. Works for me. Oh, you can have your own reviews. <laughs> you can review them too. I don't care. Take the pack that I sent you and review them. Whatever. That's hilarious. I just just shoot. Give me give me wound pictures. That's all I care about. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll do it. Jitty. So that leads me into something I'm curious about. Um, actually, I have two questions. I'll ask you the first one. We'll get around that, and I'll get to the second. But what is your current arrow setup? What are you comfortable with taking, say, on a white tail white tail hunt? So this year, uh, I'm going to have two different arrow setups and just kind of pick whichever one. I'm not sure yet. But this year so far, I've been shooting the Black Eagle X Impact with their 80 grain focus mm. system up front. Uh, that's what I killed my bear with. They perform well. They fly well. I'm happy with them. I don't see any reason to change. On the other side of that, I'm kind of working on a video where it's like the most obnoxiously expensive arrow build I can I can make without being ridiculous. So like, if you want to go ridiculous, Bishop Archery sells, they've got a arrow kit. It's a dozen arrows. It's $1,700. And then Bishop Whoa. Archery. Oh yeah. And Why? then Bishop Archery sells he heads that are $700. So you can go unbelievably ridiculous with this. This is probably I why I haven't heard of Bishop. Bishop's big thing is they... All their metallurgy and what their heads are made of is proprietary mm -hmm. and it's way above anything else you're going to buy anywhere else on the flip side there is no reason in the world to pay that much for broadheads no zero so yeah, i don't see any reason to, to buy iron wheels yeah i mean i agree i watched john lusk's um videos a lot you know his broadhead mm -hmm. stuff yep and they'll sit there and be like yeah i'm shooting a bishop and i'm like if I not heard, I mean, I know the name, but I, it's like, dude, $1,700 for a kit. I mean, what are they made out of? But I mean, so, really platinum, a lot of their, well, again, so a lot of that price cost is in their um, components and their inserts and stuff like that. Cause it's all their proprietary metallurgy. Mm, okay. Same with the broadheads. Mm. It's all proprietary metallurgy that nobody else can possibly have. And you know, solid. And if you're the guy that's going to go spend money on it, good for you. I'm happy for you. But to me, that's freaking ridiculous. Yeah. $700. So they're spending all of their money on their components and their broadheads and they're relabeling a Carbon Express Carbon Arrow and selling it for $1,700. I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it is. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's not to talk poorly about Bishop necessarily, but that's just kind of the right. nature of the business. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a few. Like I know Cabela's and stuff. Their their brand arrow is just a gold tip. It's a gold tip yeah. that may or may not have passed inspection, and they throw a blackout on it. And then, like my first bow is a blackout. Yep. All it is is a bear. It came in a bear box, and I open it. I'm like, oh, did they send me the wrong one? And I look at it. I was like, oh, that's who makes it. Okay. They just and before, that. so and before that, um, you had Bass Pro had the red headline. Redhead was made by Bowtech. 
or diamond rather. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. uh, one of my best friends, his first bow ever was a redhead chronic. I spent a lot of time working on that thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's prime, just prime and G prime and G five. It's all the same. And mission and Matthews are the same. Yep. Yep. Uh, prime has quest. Botech has diamond. Matthews has mission. Hoyt is Hoyt. PSE is PSE. Bear is bear. Yep. Um, so, I mean, absolutely. But like, absolutely. Like, yeah. So, uh, G5's newest arrows, they are, they're not the relabeled carbon. Yeah. So they're not relabeled carbon express arrows. However, they are made in the exact same factory. And if you look up the specs mm-hmm. on a lot of carbon express arrows, they match and mimic the prime arrows. So, dude, I got to ask you this. Um, I didn't even think of this till you just said that. Ranch Ferry came out with a video a while back talking about carbon express's spine chart. Mm-hmm. Is it true? And does it, I can't seem to make sense out of this, but he claimed that a 400 spine arrow is the same strength as a 250 spine, according to them. It's not. Uh, okay, so that's not true and that they're the same strength. What he's meaning and what he's talking about is carbon. So, for example, Black Eagle, Black Eagle, Victory Eagle, basically every arrow company on the planet. A 200 spine is stiffer than a 400 spine. Mm-hmm. Carbon Express flip-flops that. A 400 spine is stiffer than a 200 spine. They're the same spine rating. They just label it different. And I'll tell you exactly why they do that. It's because with their proprietary labeling system, if you buy a Carbon Express arrow from, we'll say, Bass Pro, you're probably going to stay shooting the same arrow because if you go anywhere else and tell them you need a 400 spine arrow, they're going to give you an arrow too weak. So it's it's a way to try to force uh, you to continue to shoot and utilize their own their product. I I'll t- straight up, I do not like Carbon Express, and the reason why is they can't do anything like anyone else. So, for example, industry standard two four five or six two oh four one six six or one six five. Those are your diameters. Mm-hmm. Carbon Express is two four four. 203 and then 165. So the only thing Carbon Express does the same as everyone else is the micro diameter arrows. And what that does is it forces you to use their components in their arrows. Otherwise, you destroy their arrows. Gotcha. Ah, okay. That explains a lot. When I started building arrows, I had Carbon Express and like I was shooting Blood Sports before I switched to Easton. And I mean, I I like Blood Sports, they're not bad. Sure. I don't know. Who, I don't know who. I mean, I don't know if they're owned by another company. I don't know where they're made. I don't know anything about them, but I have had some insert issues where it says 244 insert and it says it's 244 arrow. But when I go to put it in, it gets stuck and it won't fit. And I've cut it fine. I've cleaned it. Everything's perfect and it won't go in. I have no idea. Yes, why. that that's just going to be. Um for quality control in the manufacturing. Bloodsport arrows are made in China. They are owned by... Uh, a good job, Eric. It's, I don't see it's, it's, <laughs> it's an investment group. Yeah. It's an investment group. I don't remember which investment group they're owned by, but they're owned by an investment group. And I mean, the vast majority of, of arrow companies are... Um, I mean, you've got Easton, Victory, Black Eagle are, are all independent companies. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then you get into like Carbon Express is owned by Faradine. Um, 
like Bloodsport is owned by I don't remember maybe Arcus I don't remember but yeah I mean it's that's not uncommon if you look at most companies people enjoy in the industry are probably owned by investment groups and mm -hmm. um, usually you'll have a company that makes a great great product and then they'll get bought by an investment group and that investment group will cheapen up the process keep the prices the same to increase profitability and then you start seeing that great product kind of go downhill mm -hmm. prime example slick trick the slick trick mag was my favorite broadhead of all time for many years um, when it was privately owned they had german lutz blades yep. the outdoor group bought slick trick moved everything across seas and not that they're the mag is a bad broadhead but the blades just aren't even in the same ballpark huh, yes. another one it ramcat when that was privately held uh, brett was the owner's name he's since passed unfortunately but when that was privately held they were an amazing broadhead i believe it's arcus that bought them it's not even in the same ballpark now that's crazy mm. i'm still so a good broadhead easton and sever <laughs> still a good broadhead yeah. um but it's just not not what it was you know that's so crazy well you mentioned something earlier about um, all the arrow sizes you touched on, or I guess you mentioned the four mil, um, or one, six, six, one, six, five, yep. whatever. What's your opinion on those? Cause that's what I'm shooting right now is four mils. And I mean, I personally think that they're flying. I mean, they're flying great. I like them a lot. I didn't have to do much adjusting. Um, but just in a general sense, not even, you know, yes, they're Easton, but you know, I'm a huge fan of Easton, sever all of that, but what, um, what's your opinion on the four millimeter, movement because i feel like a lot of guys are going you know micro so my anytime i build a lot of arrows like that's a big part of what i do is build custom arrows mm -hmm. and i always try to i always try to get something for a guy that's going to really fit what they need and you'll find the vast majority of guys don't need a four millimeter so one thing i always like to do whether it's a broadhead or an arrow is why do you want to go there mm -hmm. you know and and it's like, if I have a guy that gets a hold of me and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on a budget, but I want a four millimeter arrow. Okay, well, why do you want a four millimeter arrow? Because everyone's well, got it. And that's a lot of it, right? Because his <laughs> yep. favorite guy, on, it, it is. His yeah. favorite guy on YouTube said that that's what he should shoot. Well, I can take your budget and give you a much higher quality 204 diameter arrow that'll do everything you need to do and still save you a few extra bucks so you can get another pack of broadheads or something like that or add some lighted knocks. See, what's funny so, about you saying that is like, I've asked two people now that are big in the industry and I said, hey, this is what I'm running. Do you think, because I mean, as far as penetration goes, like I don't buy into the smaller diameter, meaning you get more penetration in an animal. I think the wind resistance thing, maybe, but you know, everyone I've asked has always said, oh, we prefer 204 or 246 or 245 or like a standard and then 204. Yep. So I'll hearing you, you say I'll, that, that's three people now. So what I'll is I'll it about you. 204? There's the biggest thing for me, I can't answer for everybody else, but the biggest thing for me is there's more component options. Mm -hmm. So I can really dial in that arrow to exactly what I want. Okay. It's also, if you shoot lighted knocks, a micro diameter lighted knock with the exception of fire knock, they pretty much all suck. They they break they break easy. The biggest thing is the durability is not there. Um, if so, like I'm a big nocturnal guy. Until you get to one six six, I'm going to tell you if you're shooting a micro diameter arrow and you don't mind spending money, buy Fire Knock because it is hands down the best on the market. They're expensive. They're like seventy dollars a three pack. If you don't want to spend that money, your next best option is going to be the Halo Lighted Knock. Yep. 
Those are the ones I'm looking at. I was hoping you would say that. Yeah, so halos are great. Just be careful when you're putting it in because if they fit tight, it's very easy to break them off the stem. Mm. Yeah. I don't so, know. yeah. So, you know, the the 166, the micro diameter lighted knock has not been perfected. So if you're a guy that wants lighted knocks, you're better off to just shoot a 204. I film everything. Um, I prefer 204 because I want my lighted knocks. And also because, again, there's more component options. This year, I'm trying a 165 out just because... And actually, the other arrows I'm looking at building are a nano diameter arrow. They're 0. 0.122 outer diameter. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're shooting a so, damn toothpick. Essentially. <laughs> it's a heavy toothpick, though. They weigh more. They're heavier grains per inch than my X-Impacts are. So with yeah. the smaller diameter, something that I've, you know, kind of, like I said, I went from 244 to uh, 166. Uh, something I was worried about would be the structural integrity because now you're shooting something much skinnier. And is that something that like people have noticed? Like, have you noticed that with smaller diameter arrows that they just aren't as strong or is it? No, no, no it's your wall thickness. Yep. That's mm -hmm. exactly spot on. The wall thickness is what matters. And generally speaking, smaller diameter arrows have a heavier or a higher wall thickness because you have to have that to get the stiffer spine. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. That's Next why they, that's why your small, that's why your smaller ones are also a heavier GPI too. Generally speaking, yep. because you know, and granted I didn't pick them, they sent them to us, but um, when I had, cause I had Gary from Easton on like, what was it JD? Like a month ago. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you know, I told him, I'm like, I started off with Easton. I got away from it because you know, a lot of the arrows are very heavy and I like high FOC. I think I'm running 20% now with, the micros and he was like oh man well, we have these ones you know uh they're like 8.3 gpi and you know we can just send me whatever you know specs you have i was like shit all right cool yeah and, um you know we've been talking back and forth and I, I told him like dude these things are flying great you know i didn't have to adjust the bow much like i said earlier and but the biggest thing for me is and y'all just explained it so now that's out the window but at first i'm like man these are so much skinnier what am i gonna do if it hits something hard and it just flexes and just snaps like that. But it makes sense with the wall thickness that, you know, obviously that's not going to happen. Well, my answer to you is they're arrows. They're, they're made to be shot. They they're made to break. Like there's this, there's this whole movement going on right now where it's like, I want broadheads that don't break, don't bend, don't do anything. I want arrows that don't break, don't bend, don't do anything. And I'm just wondering when, it, a like when, yeah. Like when did it become yeah. a thing that, when did it become a thing that those aren't um, not necessarily throwaway resources, but when did it become a thing that those are supposed to be never a never ending resource after you buy them once? Yeah. 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 I mean, hell look at the new, uh, I think it's, um, yeah, it's Easton. Um, the new uh, pro comps. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they bend because they're mm -hmm. aluminum with uh, uh, carbon surrounding it. Yeah. Well, that's FMJs do the same thing. I'm, I'm, I am one of the most anti FMJ guys you'll ever meet. And it's because I yep. shot them and I'm tough on things. And I bent an entire quiver of FMJs lowering my bow to the ground. So it, basically what happened is when I lower my stuff down, my bow and my pack go together and it gets lowered down at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the arrows hit the ground first. And then my pack hit the bow and I have like a 30 pound pack because of all my filming gear. Mm -hmm. and the way it depressed against the hill it actually bent all six of those arrows to the point wow. i couldn't use them anymore wow. wow that's crazy that hunt was over yeah i mean i've never shot fmj i've i've 
I don't like the idea of having, um, you know, again, it's not anything against the idea. I just don't really subscribe to the whole having metal and carbon on the same playing field with, 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 you know, what it goes down like an arrow, you know, I feel like I just don't like, I just don't like the GPR. Well, that's another problem. And I, I don't understand, like, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, if you want high FOC, get like a, um, you know, lower GPI, which is why when the blood sports, they're 7.9 and you can get a lot of FOC out of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there's a movement coming with the whole FOC train people are on that a lot of these companies are going to start making arrows with lower, lower GPI and hopefully, you know, be stronger because I know if you shoot like a super low GPI, there's probably a good chance that arrow could splinter because it's not as thick. So, I mean, what do you think the uh, spot would be? I don't think the, I don't think the companies are going to start making anything in its lower GPI because then you lose your structural integrity way too much. So that's the balancing act overall, right? Um, you have to find yeah. something that's going to appease the public. And then at the same time, you don't want, you don't want it to where the public's constantly emailing you about how your stuff's junk. And then you have a big problem on your hands. Yep. That's kind of the teeter totter they play um, to play devil's advocate though. I think the FOC thing is going to not necessarily go away, but it's going to slowly die down. And a lot of it's going to be because got, a, a lot of people are going to find out that it, for the vast majority of hunters, it doesn't make a huge difference. I've been down that road three yeah. years ago. I built three years ago. I built seven dozen arrows building high FOC systems to find one that would tune right out of my setup. What I landed on was a system that was 23.4% FOC at 523 grains total arrow weight. Shot great. Killed animals with it. The following how the year, hell did you system, get that much FOC with that much total weight? Little secret for you. Victory has an arrow called the Rip XV. A 300 spine is seven grains they, per inch. The extreme velocity. Seven? Yep. Oh my God. A 300 spine is seven grains per inch. So when you put 320 grains in the front of that, yeah. you oh, can yeah. get really high that's, FOC. Yeah. Huh. See, that's got me so, thinking because... I know Cam Haynes shoot used to shoot uh, FMJs, and there's mm -hmm. no way you're getting super high FOC with that. But he never had nope. any issues. So nope. I've always wondered how important it is. Like I've asked T Bone a thousand times, like what's more important, arrow weight or FOC? And he always, I don't know why I ask him all the time, but he's like the same answer. Perfect balance is what you want, and accuracy always wins. But I kind of agree with you. I mean, I do see you know, the FOC thing, it is a big thing now. And I think it's, you know, that's why I was saying earlier, like it's going further and further. I hear about it all the time, but eventually it's, you're probably right. It's probably going to start dying down a bit because if you don't notice much of a difference between 20% and 12%, why, you know what I mean? Like why go to that extreme? I'll give you the top three reasons it's going to die. One is because of what we just covered. Your, most hunters are not going to see that huge of a difference. That's number one. Um, and the reason I say that is because I've talked to a lot of hunters and most hunters shoot further back than they do further forward. Most guys are going to shoot a deer in the liver and guts before they're going to shoot a deer in the shoulder because we were always taught to stay away from that shoulder. That shoulder will stop your rod head. It'll yep. stop your arrow. It'll tear your stuff up. So yep. most guys are going to shoot back. That's actually why I say most guys would probably benefit from a mechanical broadhead versus a fixed head. 
what they most guys would really benefit from is practicing, but that's a whole other yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the second reason, sure. the second reason FOC is going to go by the wayside is because it's not easy. And what you'll get is a lot of people that are new starting out that don't fully conceptualize and understand arrow building and spine and dynamic spine. And they're going to try to build high FOC setups that won't tune out of their bow that aren't going to shoot. They're going to get frustrated. They're going to go to a local shop and just buy some standard arrows. And that'll be the end of it. To kind of tie that in to properly build an FOC setup, generally speaking, it's pretty expensive. Like I said, it, it took me seven yeah. dozen arrows to get that high of an FOC and have it still tuned. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I probably spent 700 bucks, 800 bucks that year on arrows. And that's yeah, and your components alone, the FOC is expensive. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. the average guy, and that's that's who I tailor my content to is the average guy. That's why I review bows like the San Lita X8 Dragon bow that's $199 on Amazon. Because that's something that's not out of the price range for most guys. And you can absolutely take that bow and kill a deer with it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, and so the, what's I've heard some stuff about that. And like is the draw is the draw weight based off your draw length? Yes. Okay. So if you're 28 inches, what's the max draw weight you think you can get? 64 pounds or 65 pounds. Okay. Is what I can get out of it. Yeah, it's plenty. I mean, I'm shooting 60 pounds at 28, so. 30 pounds is plenty. As long as you you build the right arrow and and have a good broadhead selection, 60 is plenty. Man, dude, we could probably go for hours on this crap. (laughs) So the third reason, the third reason is because the people that are presenting the information about high FOC are super polarizing. And there's some people that'll never listen to them no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. That's, That's those are, those are the three reasons why FOC will eventually go by the wayside. You'll have your diehards that stick to it, but it, it's going to do what most archery trends do. It'll come up and it'll go down. Yeah. Just like the mechanical thing where everybody, when they first came out and rage came along and they were all like, Oh, mechanical, this, mechanical, that. And then, yep. They started having failures. Things weren't working. Now properly. it's all going back to fixed blade. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah, that is true. I mean, I feel like the industry goes, you know, in waves. I mean, you get 100% speed bows and then you get the high, the heavy arrow setups. And I mean, I went down the rabbit hole too. You can ask JD. Last year I shot, I think it was a 505, 515 grain arrow with 14%. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it killed a deer. And it got lodged in the offside shoulder with a two yep. inch three blade mechanical. So it did the job, but it yep. wasn't firing correctly. And well, that's not back. good. Yeah. I didn't so, know that until he pointed it out. So bow tuning is the number one thing too. Like if you want to kill deer more effectively and you want to build a more overall, more effective setup, spend time learning how to properly tune your equipment and then worry about what broadhead you're shooting, what arrow you're shooting. You know, I had that high FOC set up. I killed deer. Great. The next year I shot probably a 12% or 11% FOC, 475 grain arrow and killed deer just fine. Also, you know, the, the deciding factor between all of that is I was putting the arrow where it was supposed to go. Yep. Yep. Period. You know, that's like, people ask me now, man, like, Oh, how do you build your arrows thinking that because I build so many arrows, there's some secret. Well, first off, if you, if you want to see the quality of arrows I build, never look at mine because mine look like trash. They look like they were cobbled together by somebody. <laughs> I don't have time to focus on making I got a my hot glue gun. Watch this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Maybe some duct tape. I don't have time to make my arrows look pretty. I'm worried about making everybody else's stuff look pretty. 
Yeah. Look, I was a, awesome. I was a mechanic for 17 years, and it was the same way with me. My car was the worst, but I never had one come back from a shop. Bingo. Straight up. The other end of that is I decide what arrow I'm going to shoot or build based on how I feel. Like, I'm shooting an X-Impact this year just because. I don't have any other good reason. Like, I just felt like building some X-Impacts and shooting them. Same with those Nanos. I was like, huh, that's, that's different. Like, let's just build some of those and see what happens. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested in those nanos, man. I, I want to see how small these things really are. I'll send you some pictures. Anything. Yeah. Oh please. yeah. So so here's the thing. Next they're to a Blackie. toothpick. They're. Uh, I'll send it to you next to a. You can almost fit that arrow inside an X Impact. Like it's very close. Holy crap! So uh, I'll kind of I'll quell your interest very quickly. They're called the Black Eagle Revelation. They're three hundred seventy-five dollars a twelve-pack. Damn. So I'll, I'll tell Good you. Good job, Canton, Georgia. They are not. <laughs> they are not made to be hunting arrows. They are actually made for high-level Olympic-style yeah. archers, whether it be compound or recurve. They're made for people that are making their living shooting extremely well. Just so happens, Black Eagle makes a focus system for these revelations, which means I can screw in a standard broadhead, which means I'm going to build something to hunt with. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what that is. They're not made for hunting at all. When I told my Black Eagle rep I wanted a dozen, he's like, why? I said, well, I need the, I need the focus system too. And he's kind of like, you're actually going to build them for hunting, are you? aren't you? I said, yeah, I just decided I'm going to do it. It's so hilarious, dude. Man, that's it's honestly, not... that's why I'm such a big fan of your shit because you just do whatever you want to do and you're honest with it. And if it works, great. If not, oh, well, you know, yeah. you're not like tied down by a bunch of stuff, <clears throat> a bunch of stuff and being like, oh, this is the best when you don't even shoot that arrow, you know? So, so, uh, yeah, first off, my big thing is I'm spending the money on things so the average Joe doesn't have to. I mean, I spent $17,000 on archery equipment last year. Mm. Out. I would be divorced. So, yeah. I bro I it's part of it's a business expense. Ah, uh, yeah. okay. okay. I mean, <laughs> I get I get to write that all off, but yeah. that doesn't mean I don't have to pay for it. Oh, you know, well, but like Right. Right. So, so I spend all of that money. I mean, I spent four, probably four or five grand on broadheads alone last year. And I spend all of that money so that guys can watch my stuff and go, well, that's not going to suit me. That would be a waste of my money to try out. But that, that looks like it could do what I needed to do. So I'll spend it there instead. Yeah. You've piqued my interest again on the whole getting back to the broadhead thing with the, okay. the since I, since I can use the trocars yeah what's your honest opinion on the trail course they're one of the top five broadheads i would recommend for anybody that wants a fixed blade okay second easy. question how many do you have i don't know i can look for you though <laughs> and i have watched his youtube asshole uh, i'll send. i'll send you some if you need i don't care dude i probably have well i'll put it this way i'm uh i just had a company uh, a friend of mine just bought a broadhead company he sent me six packs of their broadheads. Um, he's, it's the Northern Broadhead Company. They're really big in Australia. He's bringing them to the U.S. Like he, he's the owner oh, now. 
he sent me six packs of their broadheads because I'd heard of them but never played with them. Right. I'm going to be getting here soon. I'll be getting a prototype from him that's not on the market yet. Mm. Um, so I can't talk cool. about that other other than yeah, to say I'm getting cool, a prototype. Yeah. Um, I'm very I'm very excited for it. By the way, so hopefully I think he said August first is when it fully releases. And then I can talk a lot more about it. I think it's going to be a really good fit okay. for a lot of people. Are we but, a dibs uh, on you for when that drops? You're coming on here first. Yep. Anything else? Yep, dibs. <laughs> well, well let, right, me ask you, let me ask you this. Do you want me or do you want him? Because I can get you him. Why not both? Okay. I mean, it's up to you guys. I'm just saying. Yeah, it, yeah. It, uh, I, yeah I'm good with you. Either one. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's six packs of broadheads. Two of them are for giveaways. So on my TikTok here soon, I'll be giving away a couple packs of Northern Broadheads in conglomeration with him. One is a pack for me to test, and then he just sent me an extra pack for if I want to hunt with him or whatever. Those are six packs of Broadheads. That's probably a tenth of what I have just laying around the house. Like that's insane, dude. <laughs> I well, we're we're not at that cool. level yet, Eric. Yeah, I'm getting there, but we're not there yet. So more. More cool stuff. Um, and this is, you guys are getting an exclusive here because this is the first place I've ever publicly talked about it. All right, everybody Hold listen. on, wait, 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 wait. Pause da, 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 so, All right, let's go. So eight or nine years ago, I owned a company called Red Feather Archery. When I bought the company, I designed a mechanical broadhead. I sold the company, bought back the mechanical design. Um, I'm getting ready to partner up with a company that I'm not going to discuss that broadhead in the next two years will finally be brought to market. So I will have my broadhead that I designed brought to market within the next two years. Can you nice. show me what the design is? I won't share it. I'm just extreme. Cause I love broadheads, dude. I'm so I might, interested. if I can get, let me see if I can find some NDAs and then I can have you guys sign them and I can show you. Okay. Yeah. Non-disclosure agreements. I love, I love mm -hmm. like, you know, when new stuff comes out, like I know Seek One was talking about making a broadhead and all that. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen anything yet. Um, I just, I like to tinker, man. I mean, if there's sure, something new me. on the market, you know, I, I'll, I mean, I had a yeah. guy send me a broadhead, a test broadhead. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to say the name. I'm not going to say the brand, but I shot it three times, pulling it out of the target the blades were bent like that curled out and i'm like all right can't shoot I'm, i mean i can't hunt with it so just put it away and i mean it is what it is you know but the designs that have been coming out lately like obviously severed with the locking blades um the true blue um crossbreed that you cross were talking about, um just a bunch of the new stuff that's been coming out it's interesting to see like i've seen honestly i've seen some amazon broadheads that John Lusk has tested. And I'm like, if an American company actually did that right, it'd probably be a badass broadhead. Yeah. But for whatever reason, everyone seems to, I mean, there's, like I said, there's new things coming out, but a lot of it is sort of based off old stuff. And I feel like there needs to be a new thing that comes out. That's just nothing like what anyone else is selling. You know, the problem, the problem with the industry is um, the guys that complain that nothing ever changes and there's never anything new will also turn around and immediately start bashing anything that's new and different than what's in the market. That's true. I've seen it time and time again. I've seen it a ton. So without, I know you're honest and I love the fact that you're honest, but yeah, 
I know it's not bashing, but it's honesty. Do you have do you sell Easton's? Yeah, yeah, I sell Easton. What is what is your thought on this the uh Sonic 6.0? As far as like a budget arrow goes, there's it's Easton makes a super quality arrow. Um, with all of Easton's budget arrows, if you kind of look at them when you cut them, there's some fiberglass involved. That's what helps with the durability. Not that that's a knock on their arrows at all, because it helps with the durability a lot. But there's there's nothing wrong with them. I sell a ton of the Easton Bowhunter 6.5s, and they're an even more budget arrow than the Sonic 6.0s. Oh, yeah, that's what I started with and, yeah. and got away from it, because long story short, they were built about 325 grains, and I didn't know it. So, and I'm shooting 40 pounds back then. I mean, it was... Yeah. It was a nightmare, but um, yeah, man, look, I don't want to take up too much of your time. We literally could sit here and just discuss everything archery. So we need to get you back on yep. because okay. I'm telling you what, dude, this, this episode, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did because I've learned uh, when, when is math coming back? Uh, so my next math event, I leave Monday, it's in Montana. And then that's the last one for the year. You guys in Georgia. So October, November every year is when we establish our schedule. So you'll start okay. seeing on the social medias what those dates are. Okay. And I, okay. I can let you guys know too when I find yeah, out. Dude, okay. Sure. Let us know because we want to – we're kind of trying to do – like like I said, we're going to – And your ass better come down to the Georgia one. I'll be at every MAF event every year until they fire me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we want to start going around and meeting a lot of people. Like we're going to be at the um, – world deer expo next week uh down in birmingham and i think we're supposed to go to the wcb shoot next year um there's a traditional archery shoot down here like we're just trying to get out there and meet everyone that we can and you are one of those few people that can sit here and honestly say how you feel about a product without it being a bashing session it's just what yep. you've experienced and what you've seen and you watch yep. the videos and they're all the same way. And that's why they were so helpful. And I know they were helpful for other people because I see the comments and, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like a product ad in, in your stuff. You're not saying, Oh, this is the best product. Yeah. And then someone buys it, shoots it, it bounces off a deer and they're like, what the hell, you know? Well, I can tell you straight up, you know, uh, in two years, my broadhead drops. I promise you, I will still be shooting other broadheads. Really? Why? just i like new stuff i like to tinker yeah. i like trying things and just because it's my broadhead doesn't mean it's the end all be all of broadheads like my my name doesn't make it anything special except for the fact that i'm proud that i designed it see you know i'm sure right that there man that's why i respect that, you so much that because... broadhead i'm sure that broadhead comes out and there's going to be a guy that's like this is the biggest piece of shit i've ever shot and i'm going to message that guy and go okay what did you hate and what can i make better and yep. that is how like, it should be that's exactly how it should be and then if he can't give me a good reason other than he just thinks it's junk well then thank you for your time like i get comments like that all the time and to be honest they drive me nuts but i'll i'll post a video and be like junk like why because it's junk okay all right like <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not gonna argue with you dude my my energy is more valuable than that but it does give me that forest whitaker eye like it, it uh <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> oh, it, no. It drives oh, me nuts God, because yeah, haters gonna yeah. hate, man. I mean, well, and that's exactly right. That's why I said congratulations on your first hate comment, dude. Because yeah, I, it was. If you're getting hate comments, you're doing something right. I know, and that yeah, was not I was trying so hard not to be an asshole and just be like, "Thanks for listening, man. Appreciate it," and then just leave it. 
but I think on the next one, I probably, I either won't say anything or I'll say something like, Hey, thanks for listening. You know? So, so uh, it's an interesting thing, right? Cause sometimes I just let the comment roll. And what's really cool is as you gain more in following, what you'll see is guys that are fans of yours will argue with those people for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's fucking cool, yep. man. Like you think enough of me to stick up for me. Like yep. that's a super cool yep. thing to me. Um, but for me, I go through these things where it's like, sometimes I just leave it be. And like, I don't have time for this other times. I've got this little like monster or demon in my head. That's like fucking poke the bear, poke it, poke it, poke it. Poke it. <laughs> that is so me. Oh, yeah. Eric got to tell me not to say shit or to calm down God, all dude. the time. But I'm one of those that I will poke it as hard as I can. Yeah, yeah every so time, sometimes dude. I'm arguing with those guys just for fun because I know yep. they're going to get way more mad than I'm going to get. Yep. And like, I mean, here, I got nothing better to do. Here's the other end of it, right? So if you go back and watch some of my TikTok stuff, I've got videos where I'm where I essentially say Matthews is trash. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. I don't like Matthews bows. The grips and I don't get along, but I don't think they're trash by any stretch. But you know what that does? It's really divisive and people argue. Oh, yeah. And it's yes. like, you know what? Yes. My, they get your content way up there. Straight up. My views were low. Like I made yep. five videos in a row talking about how I didn't like Matthews. And my sixth video was like, yeah, basically my views were low and I just wanted some engagement. Hey. I, I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, I, can't, not, I like, can't fault you for that. I really can't. I don't lie about it. Well, and I don't lie about it. Yeah. Like. I'm not going to lie about it. That's exactly why it happened. I don't think that video, if I remember right, the way it went is uh, I basically said was like kind of trashing on Matthews. I was never really saying anything bad. It was just kind of like, they're not for me and everybody gets all offenses offended. And then the next, the sixth video was like, what are your top five bows of all time? My number one bow ever is the Matthew switchback. The switchback was a badass bow my number one bow of all time and after i gave that as number one i'm like man i bet you guys that thought i hate matthews are really confused now because <laughs> I, oh, I don't man i i don't i can see myself any... getting banned off of so many bow hunting forums because i'm gonna get my ratings up <laughs> i don't uh i don't go on bow hunting facebook groups or forums or anything like that anymore i can't do it yeah it's always the a fresh contest man well, that and the frustrating thing for me is there's a lot of people on there that should never be giving advice to anybody giving advice. And then you yep. see the guy that really is trying to learn and he's so overwhelmed with basically what happens to people giving shitty advice, overwhelm the people giving good advice. And then there's so many different pieces of advice. They just don't know who to listen to yeah. and it doesn't help them at all. That's hundred percent what I went through when I first dove into this. And now I've found like I, a good spot, but it, it can take a long time. So I did I a video people... or I did a post on the, uh, it was, you know, the controversy of, you know, tuning with a fixed blade oh. broadhead. Yep. And I got so much freaking hate on that. And some of them were just people that you can look back on their profile. And be like, You've never even hunted. Like, don't try and tell yeah. me I'm wrong. When I'm the one that did my research on a dynamic spine of it and how you don't need to paper tune if you're shooting just a fixed blade broadhead hunting only. Not if you're a target yeah. shooter, not if you're a mechanical shooter. Only if you're a fixed blade broadhead guy, you don't need to paper tune because it's going to do shit completely different. My my bow tuning regiment is so simplistic that I get people so mad. Literally, this is how I set up my personal bows. I grab my bow. I set everything up. 
I shoot it through paper, look for a bullet hole. If I got my bullet hole, I know the arrow's coming off. And then I go out back and I screw in the biggest, nastiest fixed blade I have and shoot it next to a yes. field point. Yes. And if they hit, if they hit touching each other at my max hunting distance, my bow's tuned and ready to hunt. Your paper tune is to help you get your initially close, but it's not for, you know, perfection when you're just using it for a hunting bow or a hunting setup with a fixed blade broadhead. Well, here's something completely that different though. Mind. Completely different though, if you're a target or a mechanical guy. Yes, paper tune like crazy. Well, here's so here's something that'll blow your mind. Did you know most professional archers do not want to see a bullet hole in the paper for their competition bow? I have heard yeah. that. Levi Morgan, the last I knew, he set his comp bow up with a low left tear. Just low left, yep. Because that's the most forgiving tear for his setup. Mm-hmm. So what they do Everybody's setup is different, but but yeah. They do something called group tuning where they'll go out at their max distance and shoot groups with arrows and move the rest around until they find the tightest grouping consistently. And that's what they're, they don't care what that paper tear looks like. Yep. Absolutely. I guess for target, it makes sense though, because you just want it to be accurate. I mean, obviously you don't want an arrow, you know, going like that, but it makes sense. I can see why. If that's, if that's how they can shoot the most consistent arrows tight to each other, then yeah, let it do that. When you're, I've when seen you're some living, target shooters that will actually come out of the bow and it will corkscrew like crazy, but they still hit point of impact perfect. When, when, when a half inch in any direction can mean the difference between a ten thousand dollar check and a twenty five hundred dollar check, you damn well make sure that you're shooting the most consistent you can, no matter how it looks and what the community thinks. Yeah. Yep. I we should all take the the fuck the haters, man. If you post something and they have to, like with what happened with JD, literally it was, it had to have been over a hundred comments. Some people agreeing, most people like, oh, where's your proof, man? And then he would post where his proof was. And it's just, I said it with Dustin Huff. I said it with Michael Waddell. I'll say it here. The hunting community is so toxic sometimes. Just the hunting community, archery community, all of it is so toxic sometimes. And I, it circles back to what we were talking about, like getting people out there in the woods. That needs to stop because we're going to lose this shit. And then what? We don't have it. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a couple things you can think about. First is I don't agree with you. I don't think that the hunting and outdoor community is toxic. I just think the toxic ones have the biggest voices and make their voices heard the most. So that's what we think about. I agree. And to put that in perspective, Think of the worst hunt you ever went on and all the shit that went wrong. And now you tell that story and laugh about it. You'll never forget it. But that time you went out and yep. got in your stand and shot that doe was cool. But you may not remember all those details. Yeah. Same principle when you're dealing with people. You're going to remember the asshole that said the shitty things in the comment section. What you're not going to remember is the name of the 50 guys that didn't comment or or just were like cool or just said yeah. a basic comment or like great or good luck or gave a thumbs up. Yeah. And I think it's human right. nature. It is easier to like focus on the negative stuff. And I think what I meant by being toxic is that like I had a buddy of mine on a few months ago and he posted a picture of a spike he shot. Mm -hmm. All there was, was everyone being like, Oh, you should have shot something bigger. Why didn't you shoot something bigger to me? And you're right. You know, there were some comments that were like, oh, good job, man. And that's awesome. I love when people do that. I High five. Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. Like, I hate it, though, when 
it just seems, and that's why I said it's like a pissing contest because a lot of guys that I've seen at least try to be like, oh, I'm a big book killer. And, you know, they haven't killed anything bigger than what's behind me. So I think that's kind of what I meant is like the negative stuff is much louder than the positive stuff. And I feel like it needs sure. to switch. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, I mean, well, all you got to do is turn on the news to figure that out. The negative is always louder. True. Well, and, and I don't, I don't disagree with you in that aspect. My, I guess my rebuttal to that is twofold. Um, well, first off, I don't disagree and it's shitty because not only are we the ones seeing the negative, everybody else that's not in the community is as well. Yep. So mm -hmm. I don't disagree. Like that needs to be not a thing. Mm -hmm. My, my rebuttal to that though is, is specifically we see more of it because it's social media. Like 99% yeah. of the guys that say shit on social media would never say that to your face. Oh, 100%. Ever. No, no, they're, so, they're keyboard warriors. Yeah. So the thing about social media is we have the ability to curate it to show us what we want to see. So for your buddy that posted the picture of the spike, if I was him, every single person that wanted to talk shit would have immediately been blocked off of my Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Every single one. I don't need them in my life. They're not yeah. going to gain me anything. So he has the yep. ability to curate that to keep the kind of people he wants to surround himself with in his life. Trent, dude. Social media. I, I can't wait for math, bro. <laughs> I can't wait to see yeah. him hang out, man. Yeah. I'm telling well, you, dude. It's going to be I'll awesome. Tell you, I'll tell you a math secret, too, while we're here. Um, next year, we just nailed down one of the giveaways mm -hmm. we're doing for next year. And it's a five-day African Plains game hunt for four animals. What? Wow. Yeah. Right. So, and and that's just what I we have nailed. Up? That's just what we have nailed down. Um, the goal is going to be build that into something way way bigger. Like I'm aiming for a total prize package in the fifty to sixty thousand dollar range. Does that include Alaska? It's going to include your hunt, all your equipment for the hunt, a bunch. Like I'm going to try to build it into the point where the only thing you're paying for out of your pocket is your passport. Everything else is completely paid for. Dude, Damn. I think we need to end it on that because that is – that's a bomb right there. That is – I don't know of any – any out there doing stuff like that. I mean, seriously, that that's – that just blew my mind that y'all are looking towards doing that. Mountain okay. Archery Fest is all about giving back to the community, man. It's all about growing, growing and building hunters, and a big part of that is Brandon's vision. So, you know – that, it's a super awesome event. I, I urge anyone that can make it out to come make it out, meet the crew. We're always all running around. All of us will stop and talk to you because we all love it. Yeah, we will definitely be there, and we will for oh, sure yeah. link up with you up there, man. But look, like I said, I don't want to take too much of your time, and your boys got to get up at about 4 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. Man, 9 to 5. Um, but, yeah, man, let's, let's, uh, let's keep talking on on instagram or i'll shoot you my number and we can text and all that and we'll work out some uh some plans for math and you know yeah both hothead stuff and all of that both you guys reach out to me and shoot me your numbers and we'll throw together a group text where we can all bs yeah no sure. hell yeah i will for sure i'll make it happen but all right man cool man well i appreciate it dude thank you for all the all the knowledge all the controversial stuff i can't you know it's it's always fun it's always yeah man ruffle some feathers man <laughs> i'm happy to come do it man i'm happy to do it again if you guys want to do it again too i could like you said we could sit and do this for hours man i could do this all day long 
yeah, my wife, when I uh, came down here, she was like, well, you're going to be down there for two hours again. I'm like, no, I'm not. And now I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, it's two hours. but yeah dude we'll uh we'll stay in touch and we'll make it soon for sure sounds good man i appreciate you guys sir thank you i mean i appreciate it yep bye thank you for listening to this episode of southeastern bowhunter podcast if you don't mind go on apple go on spotify wherever you listen to this and give us a five-star review it really helps out And, you know, I just want to give all the glory and all the thanks to God. Without him, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. We wouldn't be able to do anything without him. So just needed to throw that out there. Thank you again for listening. And don't forget to give us a review.